You unlock this door with the key of imagination. Beyond it is another dimension. A dimension of sound. A dimension of sight. A dimension of mind. You're moving into a land of both shadow and substance, of things and ideas. You've just crossed over into the Twilight Zone. What is happening? It's You're listening to the AME Radio Show. Welcome to another edition of the Amy Radio Show. I'm Jason Dowd, your host. I am so glad you guys came and joined us tonight because we're going to be talking about art, music, and entertainment. And hopefully by the end of the show, you're going to be inspired to go out and try something brand new for yourselves. Maybe if it's not brand new, maybe it's taking your, your art to a whole new level. That's what it's all about, challenging yourself, making something amazing for the world to see around you. So, um, I guess before I get into the show, let me give you our website address. It's www.theamemagazine.com. That is the AME Experience. What the AME Experience is, is television, it's uh, magazines, and it's radio. Uh, All about the art, music, and entertainment world. And also, if you're on Facebook, we want 10,000 likes. So... Go to www.facebook.com forward slash the AME experience and like us there. And if you're on Facebook, uh, Twitter, check us out at, at D-O-W-D Studios. That is my personal studio uh, Twitter. It is also the AME Experiences Twitter and my personal Twitter. So you can get me anytime you want right there. And also we have uh, a contest going on right now. I want to hear independent musicians submit their music to me because I wanted to be able to play it. I want to show people why we need to get rid of the traditional type of radio and listen to the independent radio. And the reason I'm saying that is because I believe that the independent radio is just as good, if not better, than the, than the uh, signed artist of today. Now, there are some some severely talented artists out there, and they're going to be hard to beat, but... If you're tired of the same sound, if you're tired of hearing the same stuff, I'll show you why you need to listen to independent music. So if you are an independent musician, go ahead and email me at theameexperience at gmail.com or send it to tw- through Twitter or Facebook as well. But please do not send SoundCloud. We need an MP3 so that way we're able to play it. We're not going to be able to play everybody's stuff, but we're going to be doing this throughout the rest of the year, and the best of the best will be played. Okay. Now, guys, I cannot stress how crazy the last couple of weeks have been for me. I'm going to tell you a little bit about it, and I I guarantee you by the end of the show, you're probably going to think I've been high on something. Acid, cocaine, something, but I guarantee you, I wasn't. I wasn't drunk. I wasn't high on anything. But the people that I have run into just makes you slap your head and say, what the hell? Are you on? So, let me get into what happened to me. Uh, a couple weeks ago, while we were at the studio, the Mac, the MacBook that we had, um, it actually crashed on us. And doing some research, we actually found out we could get a desktop a lot cheaper than you can get a, a laptop because, and it's more reliable, honestly, because it's got you know better better equipment. Um, it, it's it's uh, got more breathing room, so it's 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 a lot better in the long run. Let's just say that. So, anyways, we get the we get the laptop, we get the desktop in, and uh, for some reason, there's a bad install of of uh, the Apple software that we need. So we decided, you know what, it's got to be completely reformatted. 
I didn't have the time to do it, so we tried to go and find somebody that could. And the guy that we were supposed to, his, I believe his name was Charlie. And uh, we called him up. We, sh- we tried to set it up, and, and honestly, I forgot to give him a call back the next day. So what we did was we called what, who we thought was Charlie. And we got these, we got these names off Craigslist. So uh, <laughs> we, get the, we get a hold of this guy, and he says, okay, well, I'm going to be there. I'll be there about 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock rolls in. Still not here. I call him back. When, when are you going to be here? Uh, probably 12, 12.30. Okay. So I skipped my lunch, waited for him. He never shows up. 2.30, I call him and said, what's going on? Where are you? Oh, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'll be there. Uh, about 3 o'clock, he rolls in, right? And the door opens up. We go down there to see him, and I realize, oh, my God, this is not, this is not Charlie. I knew Charlie. And so we come up, comes up the stairs, he opens up the door, he takes a look around, and he's just like completely in awe, or th- I thought he was in awe. Then he starts grilling us about what all these cameras and stuff are for, and we tell him we're in the studio, we do radio and all kinds of other stuff, and he goes, so what's it about? I said, oh, I, I, I don't know, I, you know, it's about, you know, whatever the, whatever the hosts want to talk about. Well, yeah, so what is it, politics, blah, 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 and I said, well, yeah, it's politics. He goes, well, is it, is it, is it uh, right wing, left wing, is it, is it independent, is it, uh, um, is it world? And I said, no, it's a little bit, every- well, well, tell me what it is. And I'm like, I don't know, whatever they want to talk about. So he goes, well, you know, there is this thing called YouTube, and you're able to get, you know, world news, so you don't have to be just stuck here to the States. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty aware of that. But the funny thing was, the guy looks like Andy Dick, and if you don't know who Andy Dick is, go check him out on uh, Google. Just Google his picture. It's funny as hell. He looked a spitting image of Andy Dick. He comes in there. He's wearing these shorts. He's wearing sandals without any socks on them. Um, and he's wearing uh, this weird shirt. I, it was just he completely weird looking guy. And so after we go in this argument, he sits down and says, "Where's the uh, Where's the Mac?" I said, "It's right here." He goes, "Well, where's the Where's the monitor?" And I'm like, "You're looking at it, man." Oh, okay. sits sits down, looks at it for a second, then he starts pulling out his phone. He starts polishing it with his hands. Starts rubbing it on his chest. Then he starts rubbing it on his face. Now it's starting to get a little weird. And uh, he's sitting there for a few more minutes, continuing to do that. Then he pulls the back off it. Then he starts licking the inside of his phone. I am not lying. He licked the inside of his phone like he was licking ice cream. Uh, 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 sorry, icing off of a cupcake. He's like, just licking, 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 licking. So after about five minutes, says, I can't take it anymore. And I said, um, hey, I don't know, you mind uh, stop licking your phone and maybe work on the computer? <laughs> and he, he stops for a second. His, stung's, his tongue is still on the, on, the, on the phone. He puts his hand up. He goes, shh. I'm sitting there like, you know, what, what the hell did you just do? I, I was completely stunned. And then he starts to go lick into his phone again. After about two or three more minutes, he puts the, the case on it. Starts rubbing it on his face a couple more times, and he puts it away. I'm like, what is this guy doing? I was like, he's licking his phone. He doesn't know what's going on. So anyways, as we're going on and stuff like that, starts laughing to himself, and, and the guy across the, the, the chair over there asks him, what do, you, what do you do for a living other than this? He goes, well, I, I, yeah, business is slow, but I do have another job. And, he, and so he asked him, he goes, well, what is it? He started laughing. He goes, tell me, what is it? 
you know, and he starts laughing again. He goes, <laughs> "I drive escorts around, and I get pay- and I uh, take them to and from their their uh, their jobs, and I get paid for it." And my 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 uh, my friend there goes, "So you're a pimp?" No, 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 no. I know pimp. Yeah, you're a pimp. You get paid for them. You take them around. You 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 help them set up. No, 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 no. See, I don't sleep with them. And he's like, "You don't have to sleep with them to be a pimp." So here I am with this free click of a phone that's a pimp on the side, sitting about couple of feet o- over from the other side of the desk. Now, you got to realize, I'm in a corner. I'm looking around. There's only one way around here, and that's this little small path before I can get to him. So I'm like, man, if this guy starts freaking the hell out, what the hell am I going to do? Do I need to karate chop him? And um, eh, it seemed to calm down for a little bit, but I, I still was trying so hard not to laugh this entire time. He's still rubbing his phone on his face throughout the throughout the time, and then he gets this call from this guy uh, on Craigslist that found his his found found his ad. He completely flips out about him because he wants to know exactly where he found his ad. And, he's, and I can hear the guy on the other line go, "Craigslist, man, Craigslist." He goes, "Yeah, but is it for, it's for the is it for the computer stuff?" Yeah, that's what I well. It's got to be for. It's got to be about the computer stuff. I want to know where I found your where you found my ad. And then he hangs up on the guy. I'm like, what the heck? This guy is a complete nut job. So, anyway, it's about it's almost about four o'clock now. It's been an hour. He's been working on the computer, and I said, "So, are you uh, resetting the password?" No. Is it going to work? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to work. So you're not resetting the password? He's like, "No." I said, "Are you reinstalling the operating system?" No. Like, what the hell have you been doing on my computer for the last hour? So finally, about 4.15 rolls up, he gets up and he goes, look, I cannot fix this. Goodbye. Waves goodbye. And struts out of the out of the office like nothing ever happened. What is going on here? You know, that man made me say something I never, ever, ever thought I'd say in my entire life to anybody. Please stop licking your phone and start working on the computer. <laughs> I mean, what the heck, right? Oh, man. So that's where my week has been. All right, guys, and I decided I was going to tell you that story because we have two great guests coming up, and they are just as crazy for one of them. Her name is Nicole Delacroix, and she is uh, writing a book called What the Internet Thinks About Sex, and she has some funny stories to tell. Then we have Lisa Donatella, who is the author of The State of Being of the State of Being of Love. We got all that coming up here in just a few minutes, guys. I'm going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we got them on the line, so don't go anywhere. The AMFM 24-7 Roku channel broadcasts all of our shows on demand. To ensure reliability, we store and stream our content on the same servers as Netflix and Amazon. Our Roku channel is free to use, and anyone owning one of the more than 10 million Roku devices can watch our channel at no cost whatsoever. If you have a television show or are thinking about producing a show, you can be a part of AMFM 24-7's Roku channel. Watch our great shows on your Roku device. It's free and more reliable than cable TV. Are you stuck with a timeshare? Did you attend the presentation and were seduced and enticed into buying that great vacation and investment? Now you're in the terrible position of trying to figure out a way to get out of that mess. You're not alone. For over 15 years, BuyYourTimeshare.com has been helping people like yourself get out of timeshare ownership. The fact is there is no resale market. Unscrupulous telemarketers call you and say they have buyers waiting, and the next thing that happens is you give them hundreds of dollars for an ad, and you'll never hear from them again. 
Another fact is that an identical timeshare to yours is being offered on eBay for a dollar, and no one is buying it. If you want out of your timeshare, I urge you to go to buyyourtimeshare.com or call them at 877-94-HELP-ME. That number again is 877-94-HELP-ME. Buyyourtimeshare.com. That's buyyourtimeshare.com. 877-94-HELP-ME. 877-94-HELP-ME. A teacher holds the power to make a huge difference in the lives of students. D.D. Ritman's new book, Student Teaching, The Inside Scoop from a Master Teacher, will help both new teachers and veteran teachers to be the best teachers they can be, impacting students' lives one day at a time. Available at ddritman.com or amazon.com. Again, that's ddritman.com, D-E-D-E-R-I-T-T-M-A-N.com. Hey, I'm Michael Rosander, and you're listening to the AME Radio Show. All right, everybody. I have on the line with me right now a very special guest named Lisa Donatella. She is the author of The State of Being Love, Steps to Raise Your Vibration for Joy-Filled Life. Um, we all need joy in this time of this day and age, so uh, I hope that you have a lot of great information for us. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Hi, Jason. Thanks for having me. So, uh, what inspired you to write this book? Well, I became more aware of energy, vibration, and love, um, and as I became more aware of it, I found that I was happier, and I felt the need to share that with people, Some, especially today, with people are having so many challenges. I know the challenges that I had faced and I had, I had to overcome, and it was my way of, of giving others um, a way out you know, a way to look away from that misery that some some people do live in, that they wear like a, like a tattered old blanket because it's comfortable. But it's really not any more difficult to, to wake up and be happy than it is to wake up and be unhappy. So I decided to, uh, to kind of bear my soul a little uh, and share some of my stories and my challenges and some of the silly things that I've done over the years um, and some of the mistakes I've made in order to move forward into a state which, I, which is a higher vibration of being love in that emotional state where you can, you know, you don't feel anger or worry or fear. You only feel this bliss and joy and compassion. And, you know, I think we're all kind of wired to be, to worry. Um, I worry about a lot of different things, but I'm also involved in so many different things. And, and, you know, sometimes it can get overwhelming and it does depress you once in a while. What were some of the things that you went through that actually got you to that state of, uh, of, uh, you know, unhappiness or anger or depression? Well, I mean, you know, as I said, when you're making plans, be, be, you know, you want to make God laugh and make some plans. I think everybody has their own different challenges in different ways. Some of mine, I mean, I was working as a corporate exec um, 80 to 100 hours a week. Uh, you know, same thing that most people have. We have bills, we have family, we have personalities, uh, lots of different situations in our life. Uh, I had um, all these same things that everyone else has, and I just... You know, I had to find a different way. You know, this is a type A living in an environment where everyone's a type A, and, you know, everybody's running around with the rat race. And I, I really, I had gotten I had gotten sick, and it was my wake-up call saying, hey, there's got to be a better way 
to move forward than getting getting yourself all but worked up over something in the that in the great scheme of things is is pretty meaningless. You know, it doesn't really matter who said what to who yesterday. No, no, you can't you know? change. So, it. yeah. Good. So how did you uh, how did you get to the point where um, okay you realize what's going on how do you how did you uh, make this plan to change and, and make yourself happy and what are the vibrations that you're talking about? Okay, so it was back. Uh, I started thinking about this theory back in the eighties uh, as I went through every situation, everything that I was st- you know I mean. Especially now, you know, that we're in the, the, you know, 2016. I can't remember what I had for breakfast, but I was able to remember something that happened to me when I was three or four or five years old. Why is that? You know, and I think a lot of people can relate to that. Mm-hmm. So back in the 80s, I started to write down everything that, that, that was still on my, you know, in my memory banks that was an unpleasant experience. And what I realized was that we hold on to things as we're programmed to make those beliefs negative beliefs uh, about ourselves. And so I, I really had to take a deep, hard look at what I was, what I consider uh, a fearful emotion, anything that's not of a loving vibration, and we'll talk about vibration in a second. But, you know, and, and basically these early experiences and, and create these negative beliefs, and these negative beliefs will affect our self-worth, our self-esteem, they keep us living in worry and fear, guilt and obligation. And they affect how we react and, our, and how we grow as individuals. And so that's where I had to begin. And it took, with, with a trial and error, a few decades to figure out that there's a lot easier way to get from point A to point B. And this is what I'm sharing with people. Now, as far as vibration, every emotion has a vibration. And I believe in, and there are some others that have believed this before. Uh, there's actually was a gentleman who put a number associated to a frequency and vibrational assignment of a number associated to an emotion. And with, with, I believe it was shame and guilt being like a 20 and love being like a five to 700. Mm-hmm. So you can see the difference between that vibration. And what happens is, I believe that when the higher you vibrate or the, or the, when you vibrate in that love vibration, besides the fact that you're happier, uh, your life basically is, is almost like you're, you're work, walking through a song. You know, my day starts out with a delicious feeling as I'm getting up and I, I look around and, and I just appreciate every little thing because gratitude has a lot to do with, with staying in a higher vibration. Uh, I had a gentleman who asked me once, it's very interesting, he goes, well, that's really hard to, to maintain. And I said, really? I said, so it's easier to wake out of bed, wake, you know, get, wake up in bed, hate, hate the fact that you have to go to work, then stumble and stub your toe, then burn your tongue on the coffee, and, you know, bite someone's head off on the, on the freeway as you're getting in, and then worry about who said what to you when you get into the, into the workplace and have to deal with the misery of that, you know, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's harder to maintain than waking up and saying, ooh, 
the sheets feel so good. Let me just spend five more minutes here. And, and getting up and appreciating that first sip of whatever the, your morning brew is. And, you know, saying hello to everyone you meet. And, and if the guy behind you is having a bad day, just don't get so bent out of shape. Let him pass you. You know, don't flip him the, the, uh, one of your fingers. <laughs> just let him go and just say, well, I really have compassion for this guy because he's obviously having a bad morning. Let him pass me. It's okay. And that's, you know, and you wake up and, and, and you just, your whole life is different. That's harder, really? I, I don't think so. I think people think it's harder, but in essence, it's, it's really not. And once you get to that, the most incredible things happen in, in a world that, that is just so delicious, you can, you can savor the taste. You know, I have a question for you about that. Uh, you know, there are people that are constantly engulfed in negativity. I mean, negativity from the day they wake up to the time they go to bed since the day they were born to the day that they are right now. Is there a way that they can look back and possibly extract some good out of out of the past experiences, even if they are negative? Is there some type of good living inside of those experiences somewhere? Absolutely. When you realize... When you realize that every experience is a gift, regardless of what the outcome is or perceived outcome. Uh, perfect example, I was living in, um, in, a t- in a little small town, an artist community in northern Arizona, and I was um, interacting with a, with, a, with a fellow, and he was, he basically took me for, I'm going to call it a proverbial ride. And it, it wasn't a pleasant ride, by the way. And I finally uh, severed this this uh, this interaction about three or four months in. And I had gone from confident and, you know, just an amazing, cool, confident, you know, uh, person. And, and, and he basically, I left there and I just, I felt kind of squashed, you know. And, and, I, and, I, and I said to myself, okay, well... Every experience is a gift. I'm sure something amazing will happen. I just don't know what that is right now. And so I just want to know, you know, where do I go from here? Um, I know that something is going to come of this, but I just don't know where I'm at right now. And just taking that moment, you know, that, that, that time to reflect, instead of getting upset over it and lowering your vibration and frustration, I just said, I'm sure something wonderful will happen. I just don't know what it is yet. And the next morning I woke up, and, and um, this is in 2013, and I, I, I was writing articles back then, different articles about uh, moving forward and inspiration. And I wrote an article, I wrote another one, and then I couldn't stop writing. And in eight days, I had 140,000 words in a novel. Where'd that come from? So if it wasn't for this person who played the role of abuser or a perpe- you know, a perpetrator, I would have never be- been, I would have never become a writer. So, you know, I kind of tip my hat and thank him, uh, forgive obviously the circumstance because we're all mirrors to each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have absolutely no anger, no, no animosity at all because I needed to, to, to get to that point because it was through that that I stretched myself and I was able to, you know, come up stronger and better than ever. Now, what are some of the tips that you can give to uh, people listening to hopefully, hopefully get them to the point that they need to be at? Okay, well, here's, 
here's a, here's part of the trick. First, you have to understand what the, the different vibrations are, what the different emotions are that make up what is being, what I consider the state of being love and that state which is something else, which is anything that's not in the state of being love. So let's start with the stuff that's not being love. All right, so those are, let's say, fear-based emotions, I call them. And they include, and I've got a list of them in the book, is I don't know, 50 or so of them, but anger, anxiety, greed, frustration, obviously fear, um, self-righteousness, judgment is a big one, uh, obsessions, uh, panic, worry, envy, shame, guilt, uh, low self-esteem. These are all... Uh, emotions that if you live in those emotions, you're going to live into something else. Now, the state of being love, on the other hand, there's basically just a couple of main emotions. So you've got your bliss and joy. Everybody knows what that feels like, right? right. You know that deliciousness that you get. Right? Sometimes I get that when I look at a sunrise, I look at a sunset. Then there's two other, two other main ones that I want to explain a little bit about. The one is compassion, and the other one is unconditional love. So compassion is treating every person you meet with compassion even though they may be verbally attacking you in some way, even physically attacking you, but hopefully, you know, you're allowed to defend yourself. I mean, we're not doormats, for goodness sake. But let's say someone comes at you, and they're, you know, and they're, they're, um, they're angry. First of all, you have to realize, one, it's never about you. Ever. It's always about what they're going through in their perception and reaction of their own reality. All right? And and you also have to realize the only thing you have control over is how you react to that interaction. So when somebody comes at me and they're not in this, they're vibrating something else because if they were vibrating the being love state, they they wouldn't come at me angry. No, would they? No. Yeah. So when they come, when people come towards me like that, I have compassion for them only. And the easiest, if I give people an example, when I talk to audiences um, and do, when I do lectures internationally and, and in the U.S., I talk to them and I give them the example of a five-year-old doing their math homework. Uh, I was babysitting. A friend of mine, a couple, has a little, little son who's five or seven years old, and he was struggling with his math homework. And it was a perfect analogy. You know, here he is. Now, I have my undergrad, my first undergrad is in applied mathematics, so obviously I know a little bit about math. And this little guy is trying to do, I think it was multiplication or, or, or addition, and he was having a tough time and he was kind of acting out. He was frustrated. Now, number one, I wasn't going to do his homework for him because he'd never learned that way. Number two, I wouldn't feel superior to him because I know higher math because he's a kid. Number three, I would never try to explain what I know to him because he's just not there yet. So you can basically have very just compassion and give a little bit of guidance to help him get to help him on his way. Same thing with people. Now, when people come at me and they're not vibrating love, okay, I'm not going to do their homework. For, they have to do their own homework, okay? 
they're not going to understand perhaps where I'm at because they just don't know what it feels like yet. Or maybe they're not ready. I mean, you can give them some guidance and give them the tools, but it's up to them. They have to do their own homework. But I'm not going to feel superior because I know something or I have more practice in something than they than than them because nobody's better than anybody else. The people who think they're better than other people, that's when we get stuck with that judgment. Mm-hmm. You know? And so there's the compassion piece. Now, unconditional love, loving every situation regardless of what you perceive the outcome to be, is difficult for some people. The more practice you get at it, the more you realize how quickly life turns, and it turns on a dime. Uh, I had—I was on a, and I always—I always love telling this story. I was on an airplane, and it was—I was coming back. I was volunteering in Brazil, and I, I had to take an overnight to get back to the states. And I get to my seat, and coach, and. There's someone sitting there, and I thought, well, this is the age of computers. You know, this is Air Canada. There's no way that someone's going to be sitting in my seat. It must be, you know, must be a mistake. So I asked this gentleman, I said, oh, I'm sorry, sir. I think you're sitting in my seat. And he says to me, I don't think so. He shows me his, his ticket, and we're in the same seat. So I call the, the flight attendant over, and I ask her, um, you know, I think we have a mix-up here, and she says, oh, come with me. She takes both boarding passes, brings up to the front, says, follow me to me, and he was still sitting there. And basically, they had, they had asked me to get off the plane because the plane was pretty full, and they would come and get me at the gate if there was a seat available. So, and I touched the, 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 the head flight attendant's hand, and I said, it's okay, I understand. I said, stuff like this, it just happens. And so never did I get frustrated or upset or any, or any other emotion, but just stay in the bliss. Actually, to be honest, I, I decided to focus on the actual American cheeseburger that I was going to have when I, when I landed because I thought, okay, I could, I'm watching all these people board the plane and I'm not going to, I'm just not going to lower my vibration. I'm just going to stay in that, you know, and I wasn't going to get angry with the, uh, with the staff because it's not their fault. It's out of their control. The only thing that is in my control is how I react. So the cheeseburger thought was what I what I concentrated on, and uh, what happened is I finally they finally did call my name. They brought me on the plane. I didn't even look. If I said I'm not going to get upset if I have a middle seat, I don't care. I'm on the flight. Well, the seat said one A. When I finally got, I looked down on it. I, I would they pushed me to first class. Wow. And it was an overnight, so it was one of those special first-class little, they call them pods or roomettes or something. It was a $5,000 ticket. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I, I think people would find this a little incredulous, but I thought it couldn't get any better. Of course, I'm grateful. I'm almost crying. I'm just like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. This is, this is such a beautiful thing. I was talking to the, to the flight attendants and, and, and just sharing some of my theories with them, and they they after breakfast well, before we were just about before we were going to land they asked to bring me up they asked me to come up front and they said to me we would like to do something nice for you and I'm going I think you've done enough <laughs> and they said no 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 and they, we have to get rid of the champagne we'd like to rinse your hands and, and give you a champagne sugar scrub at thirty five thousand feet you can't make this stuff up I mean, you got I said what. So they did, and I just thought to myself, no one's ever going to believe this. 
You know, it's just amazing. This is the kind of things that happen, and they happen often. Mm-hmm. You know, little things that where you and the synchronicities that happen at this, I'm going to call it this higher vibration. It's like, do you notice how you can incite, you know, if you have an anger crowd, anger incites anger, and, 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 and then all these negative things start to happen? Mm-hmm. Same thing happens on the, on the higher vibration. When you're in this state, it's... I'll walk into, or I'll meet people anywhere, and there'll be these people that are just becoming more enlightened, like as if I'm sheltered from anything negative. I mean, we all have bad days, but I don't have, at at this stage now that I've been doing this, I don't have the kind of bad days that most other people have. You know, never anymore. And... It all started from just noticing and taking note of just a few moments here and a few moments here and a few moments here, appreciating, as I said, five minutes in bed. Oh, how delicious is this? Or great coffee, the first sip. Oh, the sunrise. Oh, this. Oh, that. And those little moments where I found joy started to blend and and merge together until, you know, it it was an hour or then two hours and three hours. And then when something did happen that it didn't seem like it was going to work out, it it it, 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 never, it didn't bother me and lower the vibration. And then it ended up turning out better. Do, you know, do you have time for another story? Because there's another really cute one that I'd love to share. I wish I do, but we're just about down to about a minute left. So I was hoping uh, I could get you to tell you tell everybody about how to get your book and how to find more uh, more out about you. Okay. Uh, shoot, do you want me to tell them or do you want to tell them? Please do. So the book is The State of Being Love, uh, Steps to Raise Your Vibration for a Joy-Filled Life. It is available on Amazon, or you can find it through the links that will bring you to Amazon through my website, which is lezadonatella.com, L-E-E-Z-A, Donatella.com. Well, thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing this uh, advice and hoping, uh, hoping I, I'm hoping that it'll help people to, uh, you know, look at life differently. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. And we're going to go to a commercial break. When we come back, we're going to be hearing some more music and commentary, so stay tuned. Do you love horror, the strange and unusual fantasy creatures or urban legends? Do you want to step inside a dream or nightmare? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you should check out internationally exhibiting artist Jason Dowd and his award-winning photographic collections by visiting www.imaginationartstudios.com. Get inside his mind and experience his inner weird. (laughs) This is Big DiBetetto. You are listening to the AME Radio Show. All right, everybody. I have on the line with me my next guest. Her name is Nicole Delacroix. Uh, She is the author of Sexual Confessional, a uh, confidential and 
admissions from social media. I'm really interested to find out what you found out on the internet about sex. So talk to us, Nicole. How are you doing today? I am doing fabulous, Jason. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic myself. So I see that you wanted to go ahead and uh, see what the internet had to say about sex. What brought that on? Well, I was already considering major therapy anyway, so I figured I'd just go ahead and throw that in as well. <laughs> and um, actually, I, it started from me having a really, really bad month and started thinking to myself, and you know those questions that you always tend to ask yourself, like, does everybody else have the same problems that I do? And I thought, you know, why not just ask people that? And it kind of morphed into, you know, let's just ask them what they think about sex, because that sounded like fun. And, you know, if you ever want to know what the Internet thinks about sex, just ask them because they will not hold back. <laughs> so how did you ask them? Um, actually, I had found a wonderful company that runs out of France. Um, I was able to put up a survey on their site that was completely anonymous. There was no way for me to get email address, IP address, any information other than what the actual respondents provided to me which was something that I was very adamant about. I wanted to make sure that I could keep my word and that it would be absolutely anonymous, no matter how hard I tried to get the information. And I was able to do that. And it, it kind of spiraled out of control, and I finally had to shut it down after about 30 days because I had way too many respondents. I figured I'd get maybe 10 or 20 people, and it never occurred to me to make a book out of it, although I had set up the survey that if I wanted to use it for a publication, I could. And by the end of 30 days, I shut it down, and I had over 500 respondents, and I still had people trying to respond even after I had shut it down. Wow. So it was quite popular, but, and interestingly enough, I had posted it on Facebook and hadn't gotten much response, um, had posted on Twitter, got a little bit of response from Twitter. It was when I hit up Reddit, and it just, exploded after that. I went from having 20 respondents in a weekend by Saturday when I posted it on Reddit. By the time Monday morning came around and I checked it again, I was over 400. Wow. That is, that is, that is, a, <laughs> a, over, um, that, that is completely overwhelming for sure. And the answers were very overwhelming and you, too much information sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so what were your questions? Um, I had some really interesting, and I tried to make them a little bit fun. Um, I started with um, something simple to ask people if they thought sex was more emotional or physical for them. Um, my next question was actually one that I am most afflicted by. I asked if they would rather have their Internet browsing history for the past 12 months accessible for anyone to look at or live without the Internet in its entirety, including cell phones and everything, for a full year. I did a little experiment on that one myself where the power went out, and I said, okay, well, let's see how I react to no Internet. Eleven minutes later, it was like monkeys at the zoo flinging poo. I had to have my Internet. <laughs> um, I went on to ask their favorite sexual positions, um, the most inappropriate place that they had masturbated at, things like what their favorite things sexually to do for someone else. <laughs> And it was it was quite interesting. Um, you know, if they wanted to have sex with someone favorite, famous, and if they give their partner permission, what their most taboo sexual fantasy was, if they had a dirty sexual habit that they hid away, if so, what was it? 
And if they, I asked their favorite fictional character that they'd like to have sex with. That was kind of my own personal thing there, because we all fantasize. <laughs> well, you didn't get any. Uh, you didn't get any like um, Wilma or uh, or um, who's the other one? The uh, Fred and Wilma or Je- George Jetson and Jane or anything like that? Did you? You would be surprised the enormous the enormous amount of cartoon characters that I got. Um, Francine from from American Dad seemed to be like the number one. I don't know why, but apparently she's pretty hot. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, anime characters were really big, and I, I, I have to I, I feign stupidity when it comes to anime because I don't watch very much of it, um, and I never have. It's just never been my thing. But I can understand how that. The, the cartoons are a little bit more sophisticated in my in my book if you compare them to regular cartoons. So I could understand how people would be interested in that. Although I do have to say the one that disturbed me the most was Nan Bear Pig from South Park. Really? That was just disturbing. Yeah, it was just <laughs> disturbing. <laughs> wow. I think somebody was trying to be funny on that one, and I kind of went, no, you didn't. They were probably thinking it was funny, but it was really the truth behind it. You know, you know it is. There's always a nugget of truth when somebody's sarcastic. That's right. Well, the I could see the anime because you know they do actually have a lot of anime pornographic uh, videos out there that you can actually buy over the internet, and you, you don't have to be. I don't even think you have to be eighteen year olds, eighteen years or older to buy it. Um, it's uh, it's pretty popular, and I actually knew a guy that had some, and I I was like. Why would you buy cartoon porn? It just makes no sense to me. Well, I think it goes back to that whole, we have these fantasies and we want to fulfill them. And sometimes there are these taboo fantasies that we we can portray them in cartoons and you can't really portray them in real life. And I, I think that's where it comes from. And again, you know, I'm not a big anime person, but they are very well drawn. And they're very sophisticated. I just, they've never been my cup of tea. I, I hear you. I'm, I've never been into them myself, except for maybe something like the the, um, the uh, Thundercats or something like that. That was actually anime that I actually enjoyed growing up. And um, yeah, it's still pretty popular today. And I think they're even coming out with a movie on it. It's been so popular. But um, I just never really got into those other little things that are anime. It just never, it was never my cup of tea either. Yeah, and I have to say that the Thundercats, Pantera, was one of the answers. Really? Yes. <laughs> wow. Okay, that's that's strange. So did did you hear any, what was like one of the one stories that made you actually question their sanity? I'm, I'm sure that you've received some type of answer like that. Oh, I received so many answers like that. Um, part of the survey, one of the questions at the very end, and it was completely awful, was to tell me in detail about their worst sexual experience. And 253 brave souls did that one. And I think the one that won it for me, and it's probably the worst thing you could ever think of, but I don't know why, but it makes me laugh and it's not funny. Believe me, it's not. It was like five words, and it was, to the point, it was they used Tabasco sauce as lubricant. Oh, my God. And I just... I just lost it when I read it. I, it still makes me laugh. I was like, I mean, I, uh, obviously it wasn't funny, but it's, you know, the fact that they shared it, I kind of went, wow, you win just for that. I mean, there are so many other condiments that would have been so much easier on the body.
<laughs> this is what I'm saying. I'm like, you know, butter comes to mind, mayonnaise, but why you would look at, you know, a bottle of Tabasco sauce and say, you know what, I think that might feel good as a lubricant. I, I mean, I know what it feels like if I accidentally get that near my eye. Right. I can't, I can't imagine trying that in a more sensitive area. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. So, what were some of the other? Uh, so what were some of the the more uh, normal things that you heard that that made you either say, "Okay, well, maybe I'm not so crazy," or maybe I am crazy because you know I don't think like that. Well, I, I'm definitely crazy. I know that. I, there's my mother had me tested. I'm definitely crazy. But um, you know, it was interesting because I did get answers from everywhere in the world. There was not a country that did not respond. At least one person responded to me, and it was interesting to see that. While I was reading all these answers, they sounded so much like my own answer. I mean, some of the things were changed, details were changed, but they were so honest and raw to me. It was so easy to see that we are just humans, and we all have that same idea. We have the same fears. We have the same beliefs. Regardless of what we think, we're all kind of the same. And for the most part, there were a lot of answers that were just you know, surprisingly, women find emotional contact a little bit more appealing than men do, although there were a lot of men that said, you know, it matters to me. I need to have that emo emotional connection with somebody to get into it. So it's interesting to see that there really aren't those barriers that we think there are between men and women and between countries and between ethnic backgrounds. There really isn't. We're all pretty much the same. We all kind of want the same thing. So, out of all the people that you that you've uh, that you surveyed, what are out of both sexes? Which one's the weirdest? Uh, we, <laughs> um, well, you know, I had weird answers from both sexes, but I have to say that I think, and this is my personal belief, I have no proof to this. I think that the women may have been holding back, so the men were more eager to answer the question with their weirdness. But I really think that the women have that weirdness, and they just weren't answering it. <laughs> I can see that. I mean, I and women are a little bit more reserved about stuff like that than guys are. I mean, if you walk into a men's locker room, you you would come out blushing, and most things. And that's why when people say things in front of me, you know, I worked at a hardware store. I worked inside of a, uh, you know, I I, uh, I was in those locker rooms. Nothing, nothing's, nothing uh, makes me blush anymore. I've about heard and seen it all. <laughs> See, and I'm the same way. Nothing really makes me blush. And I think the thing that surprised most men is that they assume because they've been in the men's locker room that women would blush to that. If you've ever been in a woman's locker room, trust me, you would blush before we did. <laughs> I believe it. So with all the countries that you had, I'm sure you had some from every part of the world. Out of, out of all this, the countries that you, that you did get a survey from, which one, what country do you think is the kinkiest out there? Without a doubt, Japan. Really? I was actually going to say Amsterdam, but I'll, okay. <laughs> I'll go with that. The next one. You know, it, it's interesting because the people that I got from the European Union, there were a lot of, don't get me wrong, there were a lot of kinky answers, but the Japanese, the people that actually answered my survey, they they were very dedicated and engaged in it, and they, they did not hold back at all. Well, I can kind of see that. I mean, if you've ever watched those game shows that they put out there, some of them are really crazy, and the things that they do is just shocking. So I guess I could see that. They would be a little bit more open. And it was interesting because, you know, compared to the answers that I got from the Americans, 
compared to everyone else around the world. It seems like most people would assume that the Americans would be the ones that are brash and in your face. And actually, the American answers was probably the most reserved. The other countries, the one country that I thought I would never even see an answer from, I got several answers from, was China. Wow. Did you, did you receive any answers that like actually made you like, you know, it almost like broke your heart? Like you, you almost felt compassion, like I can't believe this happened to somebody? Or somebody's thinking like Absolutely. this? Absolutely. There was a lot of, there were a lot of answers that I received um, of mostly women who had been abused and in abusive relationships and things like that are near and dear to my heart. And I, my whole point to this entire book and what I started with was that I was not going to judge anybody and I don't judge anybody. At least I try not to. And for these women to stand up after being so abused and so closed in to open up and answer the questions, it was very cathartic for them. I actually had a few of them that sent me a private email that said, thank you because I would have never had the bravery to just stand up and say these things, but because I could say them anonymously, I kind of feel like I got a lot of it off my chest and I feel better. And to me, that when I got some of those emails, they, they literally made me cry. I, I just couldn't hold back. It was, it was the most wonderful feeling for me and yet the most devastating thing because to know somebody else had gone through that, but knowing that I had given them just that little spark of hope was enough for me. I hear that. I, I guess I could see that, too. I mean, that would probably be the hardest thing that I'd have to worry about is, like, somebody that got abused, especially as a child or something like that. I think that would that would rock me a little bit harder than it would anything else, and it would be hard to hear. And it was difficult for me as well as a woman, and it was interesting because the one person who, who had sent me probably the most heartbreaking story had turned around and said that one of the things that she felt she needed to do was to almost relive that experience. And I didn't understand why she said it, but she explained to me that if she could relive that experience with someone that she could completely trust, she could finally let go of that pain. And it made sense in that moment for me. It was like, huh, I could see how that would make sense. Mm Mm-hmm. That is, yeah. I, I still, I, I'm still having a hard time understanding that. But I guess, uh, you know, I, I guess I, I've never been the victim or anything like that. So it's kind of hard for me to see that. Well, and I think a lot of it has to do. It's not necessarily the violence or the abuse that they wanted to experience, but to be completely out of control. Because again, abuse is about control, and to allow themselves to be out of control with somebody that they could trust actually gives them the control back. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, actually, that does make a lot of sense. That's interesting. Um, we are almost out of time, believe it or not. we got about three minutes left. So go tell everybody about your book and how they can find it. Well, again, the name of it is Sexual Confessional Confidential Admissions from Social Media. It is available on most major booksellers. You can get it from any of it, any of them. It is available for the Kindle as well as for the Nook. Um, if you happen to have an iPad and need an EPUB copy, you can contact me, and I have them on my website. You can go to my website, which is www.nicole.delacroix.com, and you can also get it on Amazon or Barnes & Noble online. 
Well, thank you so much for coming on. This is very interesting that you did this, and I cannot wait to see the rest of the answers. So I hope everybody goes and checks out their book, and hopefully they learn something. Well, I hope so, too, and I'm always on Twitter, and anybody who tweets me, I will probably respond to you if you call me out. Um, I do like to tweet a lot. I tend to be a little bit of a tweet head, (laughs) and thank you so much for having me. I have such a blast talking to people. So, Oh, you're welcome. All right, guys, we're going to go to a commercial, and when we come back, we're going to hear some more music and commentary, so stay tuned. Do you love horror, the strange and unusual fantasy creatures or urban legends? Do you want to step inside a dream or nightmare? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you should check out internationally exhibiting artist Jason Dowd and his award-winning photographic collections by visiting www.imaginationartstudios.com. Get inside his mind and experience his inner weird. Welcome back, everybody. I hope you had a lot of fun because I know I had a lot of fun with you guys today and our great guests. Uh, Before I go, I want to tell you about some of my new projects that just came out. It's at imaginationartstudios.com under Steampunk and Gothic. I did the Pied Piper. I really love this this series. It was a great costume that we did. And it is on its way to Disney, and I'll tell you about that in a second. And also going to Disney is called Reaching for the Czars, C-Z-A-R-S. It's a Russian-based theme with a Russian peasant girl that is becoming queen in heading out to Moscow. Um, both masks are from the Venetian place at Epcot that I was telling you about last week that is actually displaying my work. So you can go check it out if you are at the Italian Pavilion at Epcot in Orlando, Florida. Now, I will not be here with you guys next week because I am going to be on a uh, weekend with my wife for our anniversary. Does not mean that there won't be a show. There will be a show, but it's going to be one of the ones that we played on our Sunday sh- uh, on our Sunday specials until we could catch up with us uh, on a sun on Saturdays. So they are coming out here. We're going to be starting to play those again. Um, Next week, I believe we have Caruso, the Celebrity Dachshund, and, and a couple other great pe- uh, people. So check us out then, and um, we will be in Orlando, like I said. I'm going to be taking my artwork to uh, Epcot. I'm going to be spending some time with my wife, and she so deserves it because I've been working 20 hours a day, seven, seven days a week since about April. So I'm tired, and I don't get to see her much, so this is going to be a well-deserved treat for both of us, and she, and she deserves it. And we're, we're also going to be able to... Sp- Stay at the All-Star Music Resort. I've never stayed at a Disney resort before, so this is going to be a lot of fun. All right, guys. Until next week, uh, stay safe. Again, we'll be here same time, same channel. And I want you to be inspired. I want to know what you what you are going to be coming up with, some great works of art. I know you, I know you got it in you. Until then, stay creative. Keep those creative juices flowing. And good night.
We're done. Calm down, people. Calm down. Okay? That's it.